It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, June 29th, uh, just about a week away from the MLS kicking off their uh, Orlando tournament. So uh, a lot of stuff is starting to happen. Teams are starting to arrive in Orlando uh, more every day, and positive tests and negative tests and everything else that you can possibly imagine with the testing protocol is going on with Major League Soccer. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about another addition to the LA Galaxy. Uh, we had that one on Friday and a whole host of events the LA Galaxy are going to put on leading up to this week and the eventual departure of the LA Galaxy to Orlando. So, again, a lot to get to tonight, as we always have. And to help me do it, uh, a man who will soon be... Uh, are you going to be in the bubble, Mr. Kevin Baxter? Or are you going to be, like, bubble-adjacent? I'm going to be bouncing off the bubble, and uh, I do not feel good about this. I am not. I, I love traveling. That's my favorite part of the job. I haven't been anywhere since uh, the Galaxy opener. It was the last trip I went on, February 29th and March 1st, so I haven't been anywhere since then. I'm not looking forward to the trip because I did not get to go on the charter, um, and MLS is not allowing uh, regular reporters inside the bubble we'll talk about whether that's a violation of the first amendment later if you like but <laughs> so i am flying commercial on united um i fully expect to have a uh someone in the middle seat next to me although i may not get on the plane if that's true and i have a a uh, i'm going to stay at a disney resort myself not the swan and dolphin but it's it's like a family resort and the reason i picked that is because there's no families in my in disney in, you know disney right now so it's a little bit cheaper but also it's big enough that i can have a kitchen and uh, it has a laundry room so I really don't have to go out except to go to the games. So, um, so you're not going to be at the Swan or Swan and Dolphin Hotel, which is where the players are. You're going to be at the Panda Hotel. Is that the is that, Panda uh, Hotel? Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it, I have I have uh, like fountains and and two pools and all kinds of uh, workout room and all kinds of stuff that I won't get to use. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm not not super excited about this trip. Not really looking forward to it. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a little sketchy. Certainly, Florida's a little sketchy right now, and as we're seeing from uh, from tests that are coming back in Major League Soccer, um, there's you know there's there's some positive there's some positive COVID tests going on around where you're going to be at. And let's talk about that for a second. People that have followed me on Twitter know that I've been updating the COVID numbers from Florida uh, on a daily basis because they've just been so incredible. I mean, I yes, I know California and LA County especially are blowing up. But Florida recorded uh, 5,266 new COVID infections for the 24-hour period that ended about 11 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. So there'll be new numbers by the time most of you listen to this pod. In the three days, that would be Monday, Sunday, and Saturday, 23,381 people tested positive. That's almost 8,000 a day. That's a lot. In the three weeks since MLS, if you remember, it was, I think, June 3rd or 4th, MLS reached agreement with the Players Union on the new CBA, clearing the way for this tournament to go forward. At that point, everything was honky-dory in Florida, if you remember. Right. Um, the state was open. Beaches were open. Restaurants were open. No mask policies anywhere for the most part. Miami-Dade and Broward County, a little hot, but for the most part, Central Florida, uh, Disney had plans to open up. Universal Studios is already open in Orlando. Yes, they are. From that day that MLS reached agreement with their players' union three weeks ago, um, the number of positive cases has increased fivefold. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, this is not a not a small number that that popped up, and like you said, certainly in LA County, um, certainly in you know in in other areas, um, and in Orange County as well. Um, you know, the numbers are increasing, but when you look at what has happened in Florida, which was supposed to be this uh, this safe haven. Uh, there, Kevin. It's it's not. And listen, I also think that if you're in any sort of metro area, these safe havens are probably not not that are are few and far between, as far as I'm concerned, right now. I mean, uh, pretty much everywhere. And the CDC is even sort of starting to acknowledge that you know the the asymptomatic people. And I think there was uh, the number that they put out. Basically, you know, they've confirmed that there were two million cases of coronavirus in the United States, two million plus now. Um, and they said, we think that the actual infection number is 20 million, right? Which is basically a tenfold uh, increase in basically the, the asymptomatic people. And so, you know, you're looking at this um, and, and it's, it, it seems to be, it, it seems to be, it, it is, it is spreading rapidly. Um, it's community spread. And so these are all things that have to happen. Somebody asked, you know, and we're going to, we're going to certainly dive into this more, a little bit more, but somebody asked Kevin, um, whenever you look at this, what happens if Florida shuts down? Does this tournament go away? Um, and I was sort of sitting there trying to figure out what my answer to that would be. And, and I think my answer is the tournament still goes on. The fact that they're going to be quote unquote uh, inside the bubble, and we'll use the NBA's answer for this a lot better because I, I don't like bubble. Bubble assumes that like there's nothing piercing the actual bubble, which we know there's tons of piercing going on uh, with people who who are working at the hotels who are not who are not going to be tested on a regular basis, so they could spread it within the hotel. They're not getting tested, so all that stuff is is stuff that sort of makes this not a bubble. Um, but NBA called it, you know more like I, I think it was an owner in the NBA called it a mesh hat, and so this is a mesh hat, uh, which means that they're semi protected where they are, um, and the fact that they have testing. Uh, and the fact that they're going to have constant testing every other day uh, and the fact that they're going to be able to monitor this probably keeps any sort of situation uh, in MLS from spiraling out of control, uh, at least, you know, to a point where they would have to cancel um, the tournament. Kevin, you, I, I don't think a lot of people know this, but um, all teams are flying charters. Correct. And all teams and, and they're the, flying... In, into the executive airport. Yeah, that was that was the big one. Is that they're flying into the executive airport, so they're not going to be in the international airport. Um, so you know they are segregating you know these teams away from the general public. I think for as for as much as possible right now. Well, let's kind of close the circle on that. First of all, sixty percent of the case positive cases in Orlando have come in the last two weeks. So clearly, there's been a big spike there, and it's been a lot of young people, uh, eighteen to forty four, which is unusual. Most of the uh, positive cases around the country have come from older people. Um, you did mention, and, and so why do we care about all this? You do meant you did mention that the bubble is penetrable by the workers that come in and out, and they will be going out into the greater Orlando area where we know the the virus is spreading, and then they'll be coming into the quote bubble unquote. Um, there's a couple of reasons why this. It, it's mainly one one reason the spread is bad, and what uh, MLS is doing is the optics. MLS is not taking any test, as far as I know, from what they tell me, they're not taking any test from the public uh, store of tests. These are tests that MLS has bought for itself. Um, so if you're in Orlando and you're waiting six hours in line for a COVID test, which by the way, many people are doing, and this is why the optics look bad for both the NBA and MLS, people are waiting six hours in line for tests and MLS players are getting tested every other day. 
it's not coming from the same uh, area, these tests are not. So it's, it's really not impacting the public, but it certainly looks bad. The other thing is, and this, I don't think MLS impacts this either, is that the hospital space uh, Miami uh, in Miami-Dade County, they're already talking about being at capacity. So again, you know, you're playing games in this environment. Uh, you, you know, when people are in the hospital intubated, um, it, the optics are a little bad. There's not much MLS can do with that. Would they cancel the tournament? Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, in in uh, early May declared sports to be an essential business. Now he could always change that, but as of right now, sports is an essential business, which is why the NBA is coming there, which is why MLS is coming there, which is why UFC held three cards there in the middle of May. So um, sports appears to have carved out a little niche, and, and that's why you know all these teams are coming there. So you know that's another big part of it too. But when you talk about the bubble. Um, and one team's performance director, uh, performance coach told me this and he said, yeah, we know that, that you can penetrate that bubble. We know it's not completely safe. And he, he told me, he said, the only way you can be a hundred percent safe is if you hibernate for three months, go in a cave, don't talk to anyone, don't come out. He said, there's nothing you can do about, um, you know, passing by people or just running into people in your daily life. It's going to happen. Uh, even in the quarantine, he said, but compare the quarantine at the quarantine in the hotel, the Swan and Dolphin, there are going to be eight security entrances that people have to come in and out of. It'd be impossible to get in or out of the hotel without going through one of those security entrances. And just in case you can find a way through there are CCTV monitors everywhere. So they have an idea of people coming in and out of the hotel. There are rules that you have to do. You have to get tested every other day. You have to wear a mask if you're outside your room. Um, a lot of these rules that you can argue, oh, are the mask effective or whatever, but it's better than nothing. And the point that the performance coach made to me is, look, if you stay in L.A. and you go to train at the Home Depot Center, uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, when you leave there, you're outside that bubble. You're not being protected anymore. There's You don't know the guy at the grocery store, what he's been doing. You don't know the guy at the you know McDonald's drive through You don't know what they've been doing. So at least when the teams are in that Swan and Dolphin as imperfect as it may be, it's the best thing they're going to get. I think MLS has done everything they can to protect it. Are people still going to get sick? Yes. But will they get sick if they stayed home? Maybe at a much higher degree. So um, it's not perfect, but it's it's probably the best they can do under the circumstances. Remember, they have 1,200 people in there. This is right. not the NWSL or WNBA or even the NBA. This is 1,200 people. No one else has tried this. Bundesliga didn't do it. EPL didn't do it. La Liga didn't do it. They all stayed home. This is the, the the most far-reaching and ambitious type of uh, COVID quarantine that we've seen. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it, you're right. I mean, the, the the problem here is that you know it's sort of twofold. It's, it's that as long as as long as the numbers stay relatively manageable inside of this MLS bubble, as long as nobody gets sick to the point where they are have to be admitted to the hospital and it's a, in a serious condition. Uh, as long as you're not getting people who are certainly high profile, and I know that sounds horrible, but you're talking about, you know, the PR sort of, um, you know, the PR sort of sort of optics of this. It's really going to be how we view it from outside of things more than it is if you view it, um, you know, from from just the, hey, if one player gets sick, it's too many. And and by the way, I'm starting to lean that way, and I have been leaning that way in the last couple of shows. It's sort of like, why, why are we even putting these guys through this? 
Um, but but you're right. I mean, Ethan Zubik getting sick is not the same as Chicharito getting sick. It matters, and, and unfortunately, that's not not a slam at Ethan, and it's not. You know, I'm not. I don't mean to be overly praiseworthy towards Chicharito. I'm just saying that the people are going to sit up and take notice if they recognize the name. Yeah, it's a different story if if that happens. Even though the results could be as long as it isn't. But I mean, you know, I was thinking, Kevin, it's not even just the players now, and this is where. It can be very dangerous, but you look at some of the older coaches, um, and certainly the, my my thoughts uh, first went to uh, to Bruce Arena with New England Revolution. Is that if Bruce gets sick, um, if this ends up taking Bruce down, um, you have a national you know disaster on your hands, um, just in, in in so many ways. So, you know, I think for the most part, you're going to see these positive tests come in. Um, I think you're going to see that it's mostly going to hit the younger. Uh, players, and I think you're seeing that in the makeup of of certainly in Florida and certainly here in Los Angeles is that it's a lot of younger people who are getting this now, um, and with them back on the workforce or back out and socializing with people, uh, they're going to get it, and that probably means that you know they're they're going to be able to to survive it. I'm not saying it's not going to hit them extremely hard. Please don't misconstrue anything I say, but in the general sense, they're going to find that one, a lot of these cases are going to be asymptomatic, which is going to give us a clue into basically what this what this virus really is doing um and two is that they're going to be able to survive it and that they're going to come back and they're going to be able to play i mean i wouldn't be surprised if you see some of these guys kevin who have tested positive since they've arrived in orlando because mls is doing tests and people have uh tested positive after they've arrived in orlando and there's a lag time in some of this as well just in terms of the amount of virus that's in your bloodstream whenever you get tested so you may have gotten it you know still back home um and it didn't get picked up until maybe your first or second test uh, in Orlando. So all of those things that you can sort of combine together, uh, try to paint a picture of this. Um, but I, you know, it, it seems like there's going to be a way for MLS to manage this. And I kind of agree in terms with what you were saying, Kevin, which is this, this seems like even in Orlando, even in a place that is certainly a hotspot right now, this, excuse me, this seems like a um, you know a, a good a, a safer place for them to be, and if they're competing, you know it's certainly under under I think the best conditions that they can be. Well, when you talk about the coaches, by the way, there's only two that are over sixty. Bruce Arena, you mentioned he's sixty-eight. Bob Bradley is sixty-two, and that's not that's really kind of at the low end of the danger zone. I, I've seen some tables that show like fifty percent of the people, or forty-five percent of the people, eighty and over. Uh, you know, have real problems mm -hmm. with COVID. So even though it's starting to spread younger, um, uh, these guys, even Bruce Arena at 68 is a little bit uh, below the, I think, the danger zone on this stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, they are going to be be in the best situation they could be in. But, um, you know, some NBA players are even in a better situation when you look at the number of people they're bringing. And, and uh, many, many players have said they're not coming. Uh, and and I, I think some of that increases the pressure on, Don Garber. We talked a little bit about this before, about how this might be, uh, there may be no winning situation for this. And you disagreed and said that, uh, you know, if the tournament goes off and is successful, that's a victory. And, and you're probably right. But uh, when I look at Adam Silver in the NBA, it's interesting because Adam Silver said, look, we have to learn to live with this disease. It's not going away. Um, that doesn't mean we're throwing caution to the wind. If a number of people get sick and it's some of our bigger stars, we can't finish the tournament. Adam Silver did say that we play in Orlando or we don't play at all. In other words, there's no fallback plan for them, and I think that's the same with MLS. But the, the reason I think 
NBA cast a big shadow is they're going to start arriving on July 7th. That's the day before MLS starts to play. And I think they're, they play right through the end of the MLS tournament. So they're going to be at uh, in Orlando at the same wide world of sports at the same time. Um, and the, I think the NBA is going to be a little bit more cautious. They can afford to take the big loss if they had to walk away. I don't know that MLS can do that. But the reason I bring this up is it, let's, let's just say the NBA has some problems and they decide to pull out and MLS decides to stay, that's really going to put the spotlight on MLS. And if they have some problems, they're going to look like they were not cautious enough. They're going to look like they sacrificed their players to keep the tournament going and keep the money coming in. Uh, I think the NBA is going to cast a big shadow. If everything goes well with the NBA, even if MLS struggles a little bit, I think MLS can point and say, look, you know, we did everything just like they did. Um, we had a few more problems because we had more people or whatever it is. But if Adam Silver at some point decides that they're not going to go forward, it's going to make it tough for Don Garvey. You remember in March, it was the NBA on March 11th and Wednesday when they decided they were going to pull the plug on their season. And within 12 hours, every other league, Major League Baseball, NHL, the Major League Soccer, the NCAA tournament, all those people pulled the plugs on their tournaments too. And so... Uh, you know, I think the NBA is going to be is going to be a huge shadow over MLS, and MLS has much more invested in this. And I go back to what we talked about before, the collective bargaining agreement that got us here in the first place. When Don Garber threatened to lock out the players to get the CBA done so they could go forward with this tournament, he basically gambled his relationship with MLS Players Association going forward to have this tournament. That's how big this is for MLS. If something happens and they don't get to play this tournament through to its conclusion, uh, the damage could be lasting. Yeah, I mean, it can be. You also have to ask yourself what damage would there be if they didn't play at all. Um, so, I mean, Or conversely, like you said, if they play and it's a successful tournament. And by the way, anyone who watched the NWSL openers this weekend know that that's a kind of high bar. I mean, I thought those games were really exciting. They were. Pretty well played, considering that you know they'd only had a couple of days, really a couple of weeks to train. Um, the whole pregame show thing with the with Julie Ernst and, and Casey Short was amazing. Um, that's a real high bar. I don't think anyone expected it to be that good of a show. I I didn't. I watched, but I didn't think it would be that good a show. That was really good. I yeah. think MLS is a high bar to get over. Yeah, and you know certainly, and it was over the air, um, which was big for NWSL. So I got to watch some of that. It was it was great. I mean, see, that's the whole thing is if it goes off like that without a hitch, and you know you're talking about what is uh seven teams, eight teams. There's eight teams in the NWSL. Teams, yeah, yeah. There's nine teams, but there's eight teams in that tournament. Um, you know, you're talking about twenty six teams with Major League Soccer. I mean, everybody is there playing uh it should be quite the spectacle i mean if you like you know we've talked about it if you like tournaments if you like you know this sort of style this is exciting there's 16 straight days of soccer coming up kevin um which is a lot of soccer <laughs> it's it's a it's a boatload of soccer that we're all going to get to watch and it's and you can say it's not the world cup and it's not um in terms of the scale in terms of the importance in terms of all those things that you're absolutely right it's not um but at the same time the same things that make it exciting, the same things that make the NCAA tournament exciting, which is, hey, I don't pay attention to the NCAA tournament for the entire year until, you know, March Madness hits. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I can focus for, you know, a couple weeks and watch all these games being played and follow these things. And it's going to be the same thing with Major League Soccer, which is I can pay attention to all these games for 16 days. 
especially when, you know, there's been somewhat of a sports desert, although that's being filled in. English Premier League, uh, golf, NASCAR, uh, I don't know. You can find sports on TV now. Uh, it's not as it's not as bare as it used to be. Um, so, you know, there's a different things, but I think it, it could be really important for Major League Soccer. But I want to, I do want to go back, Kevin, because you, you well, talked but, about, before, yeah, go before, ahead. You, before you drop that real quickly, I had an M- uh, MLS executive tell me, well, n- maybe not an executive official, tell me that he really ex- expects to be, su- there's to be some surprises in this tournament, which is going to, it, that's why I wanted to, to segue out of what you were just saying. He expects it to be really exciting that there were to be some surprises because of the unevenness of training. Remember, San Jose didn't start training at all, you know, full team until last week. That's why they went to Orlando. That's why they're their first team in Orlando in the bubble so they could train. Other teams like Atlanta and Orlando City, they've been training all along. Kansas City, they've been training a long time. And he thought some of these other teams like Orlando City, who may be overlooked in the regular season, are going to do really well in this tournament. He expects some teams that we all consider to be a little bit soft to do really well because they're above everybody else as far as fitness and everything. And and maybe Orlando and Miami will have a little bit, and Atlanta a little bit more advantage with the weather as well. He expects to be some. The, he expects some surprises. So the people who are looking at LAFC, Galaxy, Seattle. Um, you know, Atlanta to dominate this tournament. Uh, many MLS people think that's not going to happen, which adds to the excitement, I think. I mean, isn't that how it works in the World Cup? Isn't there always a couple surprises? Teams that you think are going to do really good falter, teams that you think aren't going to do that well somehow strive in advance. I mean, there's Cinderella some stories. Some teams don't even qualify. Yeah, some teams don't even qualify. Correct. Uh, all true things. Um, but no, I wanted to get back to, you know, you talk about the players and we're talking about these positive tests. And listen, um, I certainly think that MLS is trying to obscure the amount of tests and the different things that are sort of going by announcing them as one big hole instead of letting teams, uh, individual teams, announce them. Now, it seems like we're still going to get news. At least some teams are putting out news of players who have tested positive. They're going to tell you how many and which team that comes from. Um, it still seems like that's way, but you, you see it. And, and Major League Soccer is supposed to up, update us every other day. Um, so basically, their first release came out, um, and it says MLS confirmed 18 positive tests, uh, two since uh, teams have uh, since the teams arrived in Orlando, uh, and conducted 329 tests so far. Uh, now we know that we've seen some some different tests and some different people pop up and, and be positive, but um, to me, they're going to obscure what is happening within this tournament by just releasing blanket numbers. Uh, and not necessarily getting more specific on which teams have problems and which teams don't. And so there has to be some unease uh, from players, uh, and there has to be some some sort of feeling that this is going to be, you know, this is they're going to put the players on edge with all this stuff. And so I would imagine that they would want to be sort of as transparent as possible to make sure that they don't ruin even more of the relationship that they already, you know, threw in the gutter whenever they threatened to lock the players out and lose healthcare during a pandemic, um, you know, not too long ago. So I mean, that has to be a, a major thing that's weighing in on on these players' minds. Oh, Josh, 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 you're so naive. Ah. MLS being transparent? Never. (laughs) It's never going to happen. They've already bollocks this thing up. Yesterday, the release came out mainly because The Athletic had done some really good reporting, talking about the number of teams that had had positive tests, even though some of those teams denied the positive test. Orlando City was one that apparently a number of players didn't go into the quarantine. Remember, Orlando City, again, we talked about the city of Orlando being a hotbed. The reason there's only eight teams in the NWSL tournament is 
is because Orlando City had six players test positive and they couldn't go to the tournament. So um, MLS tried to get a little bit in front of this, which was a wise decision because I've had people in MLS say, look, players are, are the ones putting their lives on the line in, in a sense, their health on the line, we should say. It's not that dire yet. Putting their health on the line going in there, they need to know that MLS is being honest and has their back. And so I think part of this was MLS didn't want all the players reading all this this stuff from the athletic that, you know, based on sources, we believe that San Jose has two guys and it's all kind of like in the weeds. So MLS decided to get out in front of this and then they say, okay, two players have tested positive and they didn't tell us the teams and they didn't tell us the names. Now, they're going to hide behind the HIPAA guidelines, but I don't think that necessarily follows. I think they can release the names in this case. But my my point was going to be, we don't know who those names are. We will starting July eighth. If uh, you know, if teams come out for that first game and they're missing a designated player, we're going to know what happened to that guy, and we're going to know that that team had a positive test, and we can put two and two together. We can't do that until those teams start showing up, even when they release rosters. We're not going to know. We can't go to the training. We can't see the training sessions. And we can't even watch the guys get on the bus. So we won't know. But my point was on this, they said two players tested positive. And all the reporters rejoiced and said, we got uh, news from MLS. This is great. They're going to update us every two days. I talked to a reporter that covers FC Dallas. He said that FC Dallas actually had three players test positive. So if he's correct, and by the way, FC Dallas had six players test positive since the beginning of June. Um, but if he's right, if they've had three test positives since they got there, already we know that MLS is one off. The players are going to talk to each other in the bubble. Um, you know, the Houston Dynamo may not know exactly what's going on with FC Dallas, but they're going to run into guys in the bubble, and the guys are going to say, hey, yeah, we had another guy test positive. When the players talk to the other players and they know the truth inside the bubble, and then they see these things reported, and they do look at Twitter, they do look at other things, and they're going to say, hey, MLS said five players tested positive, and I know there's 15. Right away, the players are going to all of a sudden, as you said, have that lack of trust, which is the worst thing for them to have when they're in that bubble. Yeah, that's a, it's going to be a, a, a real sort of uh, telling point to see how this relationship between the players and between ownership sort of goes. Um, and, and how they, they manage that. So um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. Again, you know, I don't think, and people, I have gotten many text messages, I've gotten many, you know, DMs um, that have asked me, you know, is there going to be a tournament with all these uh, positive cases in Orlando uh, popping up? And I said, yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's going to be much of, I don't think, out barring a complete and total outbreak within the bubble itself, Kevin, I don't think that there's anything that stops this right now. Um, I just think that they're going to be able to manage these things and again i think it really comes down to that the most of these have been asymptomatic or low symptoms or, or relatively mild cases i haven't heard of any mls player getting uh sick um in terms of uh you know actually suffering with this coronavirus it seems like most of these are asymptomatic um and i think perhaps kevin that's leading us to you know a, a larger identification of um just exactly what this virus is doing uh, and certainly the more testing that you do, the better off you are in terms of understanding that. And and listen, I, I understand, you know, Florida is doing a lot more testing, uh, so they're getting a lot more cases, but the positivity rates are climbing. Same as here in, uh, in Southern California, um, the positivity rates are climbing. And again, it goes to speak about community spread and, and how easily this thing is to uh, sort of go back and forth. What, you know, you could actually, uh, not that I would uh, advise you to do this, but you could actually argue on both sides of this. I, I've been super careful, haven't gone to a sit-down restaurant 
wear a mask everywhere I go outside. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit too cautious, but knock on wood, um, as far as I know, I haven't tested positive yet. Well, I haven't tested positive. I know that. I don't think I have the COVID. But my point was going to be when you look at the numbers, um, you know, for uh, 130,000 people have died. That's a huge, terrible, terrible number. But it's there are 330 million people in the country. And I'm not dismissing or downplaying the number of people. I'm just saying I'm trying to get around to Adam Silver's part of we do have to live with this. It's not right. going away for a while until we get the vaccine. So when you look at the numbers of people that have tested positive, um, and you say, you know, asymptomatic, they haven't uh, had to go to the hospital. There was a story about a reporter that covered the Trump rally in Oklahoma City, and he tested positive for COVID. The same day he tested positive, he ran five miles that morning and said he felt great, and he was stunned by the test. So it hits people at different degrees. I will say that there is a chance Orlando could go south real quick because I was talking to a doctor yesterday, and he was telling me that um, there's generally about a two-week lag time. We know that there's a two-week lag time from the time that you get the disease to the time you test positive, but there's a, a similar lag time, uh, maybe a bit shorter, between the time that the, the outbreak happens and the, and the number of people that need to go to hospitals. So right now you're looking at it, and as you said, it's a lot of young people. They're able to bounce back. Some of them need treatment. Hospitals are filling up in Miami-Dade. Um, you know, there is that issue. you got to have the hospital capacity. That's what's happening in, in L.A., but we may see, uh, if we see uh, a, a surge in hospitalizations over the next week in Orlando, you know, that could be a big deal. But other than that, as, as, as Adam Silver said, there does seem to be some momentum building for the idea of let's not be foolish. Let's not pack into bars and restaurants. We found out that that doesn't work. That's why L.A. is going back into a semi-quarantine mode. But maybe you can go play a soccer game outside without any fans, and it's not that big a deal. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, the NBA has the the bad thing going for it is they play inside. Uh, yeah. Same with the NHL. Um, you know, generally outside seems to be better than inside uh, for all of these things. So, again, uh, very interesting to try, to try to figure this out. Um, we have six teams in the bubble right now. Um, the bubble. The mesh hat. Uh, we have six teams there. San Jose, Orlando, Cincinnati, Dallas, Minnesota, and Columbus. Uh, that's 20 teams still to go. Um, so a lot of that. And we now in can can uh, finally confirm, and we had this date. We figured it out. We thought it was going to be this date eventually. We knew it was early July, and then whenever the schedule came out, we, we sort of uh, were able to backtrack and figure this out. But we have confirmed the LA Galaxy will depart for Orlando on July 6th. So I'm going to be right in front of them, basically, about 90 minutes in front of them. I'll be on a different airplane, of course. So I'll mm -hmm. kind of be racing them there. Would you like to know what is inside this uh, bubble or yeah, mesh hat? Yeah, tell me tell me a little bit what's going on inside the mesh hat. So I actually have stayed at the Swan and Dolphin Resort, and it's basically, as I recall, I stayed there for baseball winter meetings one year. As I recall, it's basically two twin towers with sort of a lobby courtyard thing in between. Right. Uh, and the towers are fairly identical, as I recall. There's like a lake there, um, uh, you know, artificial lake. There's paddle boats on the lake. There's a golf course nearby, I think, maybe on the grounds. There are some little restaurants and stuff. There's a lot of stuff you can do outside. But when teams come, each team will have its own wing at the hotel. They'll have 45 rooms for players and staff. Manager of each team gets a, a suite. Uh, there are meeting rooms, um, and probably those will be meal rooms as too. And there, there's also a lounge where uh, players can go play table tennis, cards, video games, um, players will be allowed one comp uh, session of golf, one golf round of golf comped. They can also go fishing, which I assume is in the lake, um, and they get that comped one time. If they want to go again, then they have to pay. There's also yoga, meditation. There's some uh, mental health experts that will be on site, which I think will be really important as the tournament goes on. 
Um, and each team will share uh, with one other team. So two teams per uh, gym, I guess you would call it. Uh, each team is allowed to go into the into the the gym weight room, whatever you want to call it, where they have ellipticals and all kinds of other stuff. They can go in there for two hours a day. It has to be the same, you know, like from eight to ten. It can't be an hour here, an hour there. Two right. hours a day, and then in between sessions. So if the Galaxy use it first and San Jose is waiting, in between it'll be completely disinfected. Two and a half hour thorough cleaning uh, in between to keep everything uh, keep everyone protected. That's that, that's that's a lot. Of, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. It, it is a lot of stuff. At the same time, you're putting you know what, eleven hundred, twelve hundred players all within a you know a small proximity of each well, other. So I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff they need to use. Well, I, I talked. You know, San Jose players are talked. They were the first ones there. They've talked a little bit, and they said that it's much better than they thought it would be. That that a lot of guys are just staying in their rooms uh, right now. Um, whether they're scared to come out or whether they're sort of feeling their way. Um, the San Jose players said it was really great to have team meals together. Uh, something they hadn't thought of. They haven't eaten together since March. Right. And, you know, teams spend a ton of time together. You know, they the Galaxy, they have lunch after training. They have dinner uh, you know, after games. So um, it, that was really important. He said that, you know, again, most guys stay in their rooms, not getting out too much. One MLS uh, guy told me that, the real problem might be about two to three weeks in. He said he thinks at the beginning where San Jose is right now, kind of in that honeymoon zone, everything is new, everything is fine. He said two weeks in, you've taken all the walks you can take, you've played all the golf and you've done all the fishing and you've you know played all the card games that you really want to play. And, and then you look up and you realize you've still got two to three weeks left. Yeah. He said that's when it's going to uh, start to be tough. And some teams are already sorting to plan ahead for that. They, they have things they're not telling the players a little bit in reserve, like maybe a trivia night or some sort of a team bonding uh, you know, uh, night that they're planning that they don't want the players to know about because they, they want to try to keep things fresh and keep the players engaged. Because once your mind starts to go, your body is going to follow. Yeah, no, it is a thing. I mean, you know, the whole deal. I I think it's funny, you know, there's there's several players on the LA Galaxy, I think, who are big golfers. So, yeah, they're going to get one comp round, but they're going to be out there probably three or four times a week is my guess, um, which people always say, well, how could you... If you've ever seen the life of a, of a professional athlete, Kevin, in terms of their time commitment to, you know, the actual work, they have to work out in the gym. Uh, most of the time that's followed by uh, going out and uh, and training for, you know, about an hour. Um, it's usually not more than an hour. It's about an hour. Um, and sometimes there's gym sessions afterwards. They're still there. So they have this this condensed, very focused, um, you know, training regimen and sort of schedule that they go with. Um and then they're like done, you know, by 1130, 12 o'clock during the day, most of the time, uh, most of those guys are done. And so it's like, what else do you do with the rest of your time? And so a lot of those guys play golf or they uh, do other things to sort of keep themselves busy. So I can see that uh, being in Florida and certainly being around some golf courses there, uh, certainly within the in the bubble and golf seems to be one of those sports that uh is is much more easily social distanced than others uh the pga tour is obviously back um if you've been watching any of that uh i actually went golfing a couple weekends ago uh i I took hammer for his birthday uh we went out and 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 hit the golf ball round in separate carts and socially distanced but it was you know one we did not keep score because we were both horrible we did not we decided that that would not be a good idea to ruin our wonderful day out 
um, which, you know, really I hadn't been outside and away from my family in, in a very long time. Um, well, so it was, it was kind of nice for about three I and a half hours. I just want to remind you that when we had the corner of the galaxy miniature golf tournament, I think I won that by like 16 strokes. Wasn't that like 11,000 under par or something? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's what it was. Or I won, you know, it was one of those. Uh, it was, it was a couple. No, we had a good time. We should probably do that again. You know, once everybody can actually, uh, say hi and shake hands and high fives and everything like that. So, you know, in like three or four years. Um, yeah, the shake hands thing is going to be wild. Yeah, it's we. It's that may that just may be gone. We may never have it again. That's. But that's you know that the the golf. You're right. I mean, not only do players like doing it, and Dave Romney is a near professional. He probably could have made the PGA Tour. Um, but it's, <laughs> he, it's outdoors. He'd love to hear you say that. By the <laughs> way, yeah. It's outdoors and it's exercise and uh, it's all the things that if you're a coach and say what what do you want your players to be doing in their free time. Um, in anything in the hotel where they even if they're in their room, they got to come out and go get a Coke or something. They got to be indoors. If you're out there golfing for two or three hours, that's probably about the best thing you're going to be able to do. They also have, a, there's a number of lap pools there. We'll use those for, uh, for region sessions. But my guess is you probably see some players in there showing off their backstroke as well. I, I, hey man, it's Florida. It's summertime. Uh, there's, there's only a couple places that are adequate, uh, during that time. One of them's in a pool and the other one's in air conditioning. Um, so those are, uh, those are pretty much your, your two, uh, go-to places there. So again, I, I think it's going to be interesting. You're going, um, so you're going to be quote unquote there. Uh, we're going to tell you to bring your microphone. So, you know, barring any serious issues, which I imagine we could probably get an internet signal. Um, and if not, we'll just borrow the COG satellite, um, and bounce the signal off that sucker. Um, but we'll probably have you there. So we will be able to get some reports from you on, uh, on how everything is going there. Now, so. That satellite is still in geosynchronous orbit, 22,300 miles above the earth. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Above the equator, I believe. Yeah. That's how it's, it's yeah, certainly. Yeah, people, people keep asking me, why am I going? And that's a good question because you can't talk to any players. You can't talk to any managers. Uh, it's all everything by zoom. Um, the way the press thing is set up, what I'm told is we're supposed to be at the stadium about an hour ahead of the game time. We will be marched, uh, into a very small press section outdoors, socially distanced. Um, uh, there'll be about 10 reporters allowed in per game. We all have to apply for every game. So I just can't show up to the LAFC game and get in. I have to apply to that. And then MLS has to look at that. Now, if you're covering, if one of the teams is your local team, like for example, I applied for the opening game, Orlando city and Miami, the Miami Herald will get in first, Orlando City will get in second, and then it, it goes from there. I may or may not get into that game, uh, the first game. So about 10 reporters get in. You sit at the on, on the sideline down one end. Um, we're supposed to go in 45 minutes before the game, which doesn't make sense because when they have two games back-to-back, there isn't 45 minutes in between. So, But I, I just want to see what it looks like. On TV, there's going to be piped-in crowd noise. You're not going to get the full spectrum. They're going to be tight shots. You're not going to see... Uh, everything that you can see there. I just want to, I kind of want to see what it feels like players yelling at each other, hearing the coaches on the sidelines. I interviewed uh, some officials who are going to work the tournament the other day. And they were telling me one of the things that they need to be aware of is they said that they were warned already. You're going to hear things that you didn't hear before. Players saying things under their breath, maybe saying something about the referee 20 yards upfield, knowing that they're not going to be heard. They do that now, and you're going to hear it. And the referees have told have been told not to have rabbit ears, just to let it go. If it's not directed at you, let it go. And they know this because MLS did a great job with the Professional Referees Organization of actually talking to European referees 
who worked some of those Champion League games and Euro- Europa League games that were played in empty stadiums. Remember, because uh, um, you know the, the supporters at one stadium or another had violated the FIFA rules, right? Um, so they had to play in empty stadiums. They talked to officials and said, you know, what should we be prepared for? And that was one of the things they talked about that you can hear everything. And if the guy's not in your face and it's not directed right at you, yeah, let, let him let him complain a little bit. Let it let it slide, and they're blown off a little bit of steam. All right, uh, I want to shift a little bit from uh, from the Orlando tournament, talk a little bit about the LA Galaxy and what they have prepared for this week. Now, the first bit of news came on Friday. We talked about Thursday. Uh, on Thursday, the LA Galaxy announced that uh, midfielder Kai Kareniuk had been signed to the senior team, um, and we told you that that was something that was in the works, basically right around the time that the league froze that Kai Kareniak would should have been put on the team, but MLS froze basically all roster moves and all announcements, and so the LA Galaxy had to sort of sit on that for a while, and so Kai has been technically up with the senior team this whole time and training with them, that type of thing. What we got on Friday was two announcements. The first one was that LA Galaxy 2 loaned Carlos Harvey uh, to the senior team, which is not even really 100% true in terms of how that actually works, but uh, the 20-year-old Panamanian uh, is a midfielder for LA. LA Galaxy 2. Uh, he's helped lead the Panam- Panama U-20s past the group stage for the first time in history. He also earned a uh, call-up to uh, the senior Panama national team in 2019 for a game against the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and he's a guy who is technically currently on loan from Panama's Toro FC. So the loan is actually coming from Toro FC to be go- be able to loan to the LA Galaxy, which is all interesting. Um, so this is a kid who has shown a lot of promise uh, with LA Galaxy 2 uh, whenever he joined uh, last year. And so it, it seems like this is another uh, possible future signing in terms of there's some real promise with uh, with this young kid's play uh, playing in the midfield. I have not got to see him play that much. Um, maybe one or two highlights here or there, um, but I didn't cover a whole bunch of LA Galaxy 2 games last year, and most of my my visuals that I saw from uh, Kai Karenia came in the preseason where it looked like he should have just been part of this. So uh, the uh, Carlos Harvey is the 26th player on the LA Galaxy roster. Kevin, we know that the LA Galaxy can can uh, dress 23. Uh, we know that uh, that Danilo Acosta, Danny Acosta, is still recovering. So that means that there are 25 players uh, on the roster, which means two guys will not get to ride on the bus to the stadium. Or maybe they get to ride on the bus, but they just don't get to sit on the bench. Um, and it seems like... Uh, possibly that could be the last move for the LA Galaxy prior to this tournament, although they still have four more spots open um, and some hints of uh, of perhaps the LA Galaxy still being on the hunt for, for Alan Franco as well. So, um, By the way, yeah. speaking of the buses, if you've ever been to Disney World and you've stayed at the resort, you know that and there's several Disney resorts, including the Swan and Dolphin, and you yes. ride from your hotel room to the park, uh, in a big Disney bus, and it's mm-hmm. painted with Disney and Mickey Mouse on it. Those are the buses the players are using. They all have a, a little index card in the windows, you know, with the team logo, so you know which bus is yours, and and don't get on the wrong bus. When you look at the two players uh, that have been loaned over from Galaxy Two, both midfielders, I believe, what, what was that surprising to you? Because it seemed like the Galaxy were already super deep at midfield. Uh, if uh, if Daniello is uh, unavailable, they're a, a little bit thin. In uh, on the back line, but yeah. they're definitely thin up front. Yeah, I mean, you know, we I think we sort of talked about this before, but it's it's sort of like best available, who's there, and and who's going to get the playing time. If you look at the demands on a midfielder and how much running gets done and how many games they'll have to play in a relatively short amount of time, uh, it's really, a, a, I think, there's five days in between each game, which is great. 
Um, but at the same time, they haven't been playing all that much. In fact, they haven't been playing games at all. So the the level, um, certainly the, the fitness level there is going to be an issue. So I think that loading up on midfielders probably isn't a, isn't a big deal. I think that Kai Kareniak, who, uh, who signed with the, with the senior team, so he's not alone. Um, uh, the, uh, Carlos Harvey is alone and technically alone from LA Galaxy 2 by way of uh, you know, the Panama team, um, Toro FC. Um, so, so how those go, I think that they're just in a position where they said, you know, it, the more bodies there, probably the better, um, because they, as you said, there's nobody up top. And so I think that means that you're going to have to rotate some midfielders possibly up top. Uh, and if that rotates the midfielders and if you pull people out of their, you know, primary positions in order to rotate that way, um, should anything go wrong, you're going to need to backfill on the midfield and the midfield's probably, again, you get five subs in every game now, Kevin. So I would imagine that, uh, you know, three of those subs are probably midfielders now. Uh, whenever you look at this, just because of the work rate and uh, the weather that's going to be there in Orlando, so this might be the first time the Galaxy ever played a three-six-one formation. <laughs> it's it's starting to feel that way uh, with all these things. Um, so anyway, so that was uh, one of the announcements. Then the other announcement on Friday was a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It was a little more interesting uh, because the LA Galaxy put out a schedule of events that will basically lead to their departure uh, to Orlando on July 6th. Uh, the biggest part of that, Kevin, was that the LA Galaxy announced a live scrimmage against LA Galaxy 2 on Spectrum Sportsnet. So Spectrum will be hosting this on Thursday, July 2nd. It's 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. It's 2.25 minutes halves. Uh, the game is closed to the public and reporters. However, uh, it will be broadcast live on Spectrum Sportsnet. Now, uh, just a quick reminder to everybody who doesn't have Spectrum Sportsnet, you're not going to be able to watch this. The LA Galaxy, for at least as far as I know, and I would doubt, I would, I, I would doubt this changes. Uh, they're not streaming it anywhere. Uh, this is going to be Spectrum, who is uh, probably pretty happy that they don't have to pay for a whole bunch of LA Galaxy games right now, um, because they. Uh, well, they pay like five something million dollars a year, and it's uh, it's it's not going great for them. Um, but whenever you look at this, uh, they're going to be broadcasting this scrimmage live. And again, it's 11 a.m. to 12:30 p.m. Spectrum does have a streaming app that is possibly the worst streaming app on the face of the face of this earth. Uh, I don't expect that they're going to get it working and and pointed in the correct direction for all this. So just understand that unless you're probably sitting in front of a TV that has Spectrum there's a good chance you're not going to be able to watch this. Um, Who's doing play-by-play? I don't know. It ha- I did not see it announced. Um, I would imagine uh, I would imagine they'd probably get Joe um, out there. Because uh, if Joe does it, that's worth the price of admission right there. It is, so, absolutely. Especially since admission is free. But I would uh, I would tune in just to listen to Joe. I, hey, I'm going to do my best to uh, to cover it. It's funny, Larry actually was uh, gave me a call and he's like, I want to I want to cover this. I want to be able to watch it. He goes, is there going to be any place other than than you know Spectrum to watch it? Watch it? And I'm like, eh. now I know. I, they, yeah. I didn't see him mention. Larry didn't mention that on Twitter at all yeah i was gonna say he 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 rarely does Uh, don't be don't be surprised by mr larry morgan he he stalks twitter all right he knows what's going on he may not have an account but he knows what what happens within the walls of twitter Um, he's sneaky fast he is absolutely uh so that's part of it that is actually going to be the uh the thursday uh but this whole schedule events actually starts on wednesday so the la galaxy will kick things off with the town hall and racial equality uh that's on wednesday july 1st at 6 p.m uh and that you can find on the la galaxy youtube channel that's going to be hosted by alan hopkins uh panelists include kobe jones and scott thompson scott thompson of adidas uh and then guests include um aaron dolores who's a 
with Black Arrow FC. I suggest you go look up some of those names because uh, there's some, some really fun things that these guys are doing, some really interesting things um, that this is going to be doing. So I expect that this chat will be uh, enlightening. Uh, again, LA Galaxy YouTube channel uh, at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, July 1st. So that's that. Um, then there's the scrimmage on Thursday, July 2nd, which we already talked about. And then, Kevin, if I told you the LA Galaxy were going to hold a rally on July 3rd, what would you say? I would say that that's probably not a good idea. That is correct. And so we will see what kind of debacle this is. But they're having the very first, I've never heard of this before, uh, the Galaxy will host a socially distant rally on Friday, July 3rd at 11 a.m. This is at Dignity Health Sports Park. And yes, you are allowed to go there. Uh, you're supposed to go there. And they're going to have the LA Galaxy team walk up and down the main driveway. So it's driveway A, which is the main drag into Dignity Health Sports Park there. And you're supposed to park your car. Are, I believe on either side of the driveway there and then the LA Galaxy are going to walk up and down that driveway uh, so that way uh, you can you it's basically you get to say you know you get to cheer them on and you could take some socially distant photos um, with them as well so I, I listen I love the idea I think it's really fun to try to try to do this I just I want to see what the execution is and if I can be there I'm going to certainly try to be there I uh, asked my wife for a hall pass already so she's mulling it over we'll see if I can Get away. I told I, I, I I'm gonna told push I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. I think it's a really creative idea and I think it's gonna be really stupid. These guys are gonna parade it like it's a runway, like a, <laughs> Ralph Felcher's gonna come out and model his, his whatever he's wearing. That I guess a lot of women would probably like Ralph Felcher. Wait, wait, wait. Modeling, he's he's, he's not gonna be modeling anything and probably have a shirt off. I mean, you know, it just that's and that's worth the price of admission right there. I think it's a cool idea. I, I just, think it's a really cool idea. I just think it it sounds kind of goofy. It's it. I I I disagree with you in terms of. I think it all makes sense. I like it. I just want to see the execution in terms of will people actually stay in their cars? Will they actually do a good job? Again, wear your mask if you're going. Uh, stay in your car. Do all these things that are, are normal, reasonable things to do. Uh, and I think it works. You know, without a hitch. I just I'm I'm interested. I've watched people try to follow rules in the last three months, and I'm convinced that most people aren't aren't smart enough to follow rules. Uh, Galaxy fans, I'm sure you're best smarter smart enough to figure it out. Uh, I'm sure you're not with all the uh, morons I have to deal with down in here in Orange County all the time. So um, that's sort of where we sit uh, with that. And then there's one final event, and this is for Galaxy season ticket members. It's an exclusive interactive fan send off via Zoom on the day of travel to Orlando. So this is July 6th on Monday. And uh, basically there's going to be a Zoom call. They're going to have a they're going to have a camera that is live and sort of pointing I guess at the bus and as players get ready to go to the bus, you can be on that Zoom call and you can say, "Hey there, Rolf Felcher. Nice abs and good luck going to Orlando." Uh, you so so there's there's some of that that can happen. So again, I think that's going to be really cool to sort of see. What about uh, my abs? Your your ab, <laughs> you have one. Yeah, I got a one pack. You got a, you have a one pack <laughs> exactly. Just same as hey. By the way, I'm not judging. The uh, quarantine has not been kind to me. My my workouts are I have fallen uh, fallen to nothing. I get to lift a baby on occasion. That's uh, actually all the time. Uh, you, but, you know, you talk about the supporters and and whether it's dangerous for them coming out to Dignity Health Sports Park, which it wouldn't be. The Galaxy wouldn't do it if it was going to be dangerous as long as everyone, you know, follows the rules. Uh, just as an aside, apropos of nothing, you know, Liverpool clinching the, its first EPL title when Manchester City lost, not having to actually do it on the field. Can you imagine if they were playing at Anfield, even though it's locked stadium and you can't get near the field, how many people would have showed up and just stood outside in the parking lot? Well, um, I mean, I mean, there were already a bazillion people who were outside of the stadium whenever they did, you know, win, uh, yeah. you know, that whole thing. So, yeah, listen, 
I understand. There's jubilation in here. There's there's excitement. And by the way, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, if you can go to this, I say go to this. I, I just my whole thing is just really follow the rules on this stuff. Um, and I think it could be really cool. You know, you can honk your horn. I, I, I feel comfortable enough that if I can get away, I will go to this to try to cover this um, because I think it's it's cool. And I think the risk is relatively low. So, um, you know, all those things sort of line up in, in terms of it. I just uh, again, I'm just I, I guess I'm very pessimistic on people having one common sense and two people following rules. as Well, of late, here's what so. you do. You're going to give out corner of the galaxy stickers but not to anyone who violates the rules they gotta give theirs back <laughs> how am i supposed to get anywhere near somebody whenever i have stick i'm gonna have to like chuck them at people as they go no i'm gonna you be in my car like a long pole and you attach it to the end <laughs> i like that that's not it's not horrible anyway so uh, you know it, it's fun because when you think about this you think oh well the la galaxy are going to orlando and i'm not going to be able to get to participate in that if you're you know even from the reporter side or or even from uh, you know the fan side um you're not going to get to but the galaxy are trying to make ways for you to uh to be included in all this and you know i think the town hall with kobe jones and and alan hopkins and and the rest of those guys on there i think that's going to be really informative and i you know i encourage everybody to to tune into that as well on uh wednesday july 1st at 6 p.m that's going to be important to watch as well so um all these things leading up to it, um, just be safe whenever you go uh, go out to there. I believe that they are also trying to, and I saw this posted somewhere. I believe the LA Galaxy are trying to get signs and any um, you know sort of uh, uh, big posters or anything like that that you have. I believe they're trying to get them into the stadium uh, around the time of the scrimmage. Um, and also to, to make sure that there's, they have that stuff for the guys as they get ready to head to Orlando. So, uh, check with your season ticket reps. And I know I saw that somewhere that they were trying to do that. So they're collecting signs, they're collecting posters and banners, uh, that they're going to hang inside the stadium, uh, for the scrimmage and eventually for the send off to Orlando. So a bunch of just fun stuff that, that sort of is going on. If we can take your mind away from, you know, the pandemic, that's, uh, that's certainly still encircling all this and, and will be the backdrop for all this, but Again, I mean, you know, we're watching this now, Kevin, and we're, we're days away from, from Major League Soccer returning. And, you know, for, I, I think that's a victory for somewhat of, of the fake normalcy that we're going to call it. Um, I still think there's huge questions about whether or not there's a regular season after this. There's supposed to be a regular season. Um, that has always been planned by Major League Soccer that this would just sort of be the kickoff. This tournament would be the kickoff to that regular season. Um, and I think around the country, the chances of that happening are maybe sliding uh, and, and slipping away. So, well, uh, and it's so difficult because it's such a roller coaster. I mean, we were talking several weeks ago on the show about how uh, the health officials in, in Santa Clara County, where San Jose is, has said, we don't even expect to see NFL games with fans and college football games until at least Thanksgiving and maybe not even that. Then a couple of weeks after that, Texas says, hey, we're going to allow sports with uh, you know fans to go to sports games as long as attendance isn't 25, more than 25% of capacity. That led USL to say, we're, we're coming back with our season July 11th, and we fully expect fans to be at some games. That's July 11th that they were going to come back. They announced that earlier this month. Now, all of a sudden, we've circled all the way back to, we're not quite to where Santa Clara County was, mm-hmm. but now we're back to real pessimism. I mean, there was this feeling that things were moving in the right direction uh, just three weeks ago when MLS announced this tournament. Was, I mean, we weren't having these conversations then. We weren't talking about, you know, the possibility of mass outbreaks, uh, you know, inside the, the mesh hat. Um, it's It, it really, it, it just goes from one extreme to the other, it seems. It, it does. And there's a lag. 
Uh, there's a lag in getting it under control. There's a lag in get it going out of control. And so, you know, it's it's very difficult to do. It's like, uh, Kevin, imagine if you had to turn left in your car, uh, but in order to make a turn, you had to start turning left two blocks before your actual turn. How accurate are you going to be in making that turn if you had to start it two blocks before it? Well, you know, if you miss it by 10 feet on either side, you're you're into buildings and you're into other stuff. So, there's there's there you're trying to make accuracy out of stuff that lags by so much um that it's difficult to make these predictions uh and and by the way if you look at just the u-shape that the uh united states has sort of gone through in terms of the amount of cases that have been reported uh, at the beginning of this and then the u sort of drop off this downturn and now sort of this upswing again that we're seeing still in the first phase of the the virus there you can see that you know the, the predicting this three or four weeks ago um everything looked okay now certainly there were questions about places opening quote unquote opening up and going full open open uh too soon um and those questions were raised and you know those people who raised those questions are certainly looking you know a little smarter now but us trying to break predict about what's going to happen after this tournament you know we're talking august 11th is the last day of the tournament so we're more than a month away from that and now i can honestly and and pretty freely say i have no idea what's going to happen you know in these next five weeks uh the you know five six weeks that are that are upcoming well you look at the you as you said you look at the curve and you look at what happened it happened in the european union how a lot of those countries it's really really come down and ours is flat there's a lot of reasons for that. One is our country is so huge. We're, we look, it's a continental-sized country. You know, it's much bigger than than England or Germany or France put together. Um, so you have that issue. You have the fact that it's 50 states with 50 different set of rules. I think in many European countries, yes, I know they have, you know, provinces and 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 uh, the equivalent of counties and those kind of things, um, and and they have different rules. But for the most part, it's much me- uh, easier, I believe, to have some sort of homogeneous uh, approach to health that then you know than we do here you also have the uh, you know the, the high percentage of people with health care there so they didn't go into this with some of the underlying conditions that we had here but you know I think not to bring bring politics into it but it, it does come in because I think with the polarized political situation you have states like uh, Texas and Florida uh, you know opening up early wanting to get the economy back they saw it as sort of a badge of honor don't wear a mask all that kind of stuff. And there was a political tint to that. And then you had other states like uh, Washington and California. Now, California is having a, a resurge a- again, but uh, other states that were much slower to open and took things much more gradual um, didn't seem to work in the case of California too much. But I think all that plays into it. And and that's why you saw Europe Europe flatten the curve and they're back playing soccer. You know, that Bundesliga has already finished their season. Um, and we're not even started with ours yet. And we we stopped at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's uh, hey, ah, that's the reality that we currently live in. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? I mean, you know, do we? Do you, we're I still think, we're still thinking the tournament tournament is a go. You're you're going yeah, to the tournament, and the tournament's a go. The tournament is a go. Um, if I get there, you know, if I if I go through that six hour flight with the guy in the middle seat next to me coughing, um, they better play a game. If I get there and find <laughs> out that the tournament's canceled while I was in the air, I'm going to be really pissed. Now, I I think that there's just too much riding on it. I think unless there's a major, you know, if there's a if disaster breaks out, all this is 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 un, you know, you got to throw all this away. But I think the, the galaxy. Galaxy. I think MLS has invested way too much in this. I think it's a go unless the place completely blows up or they have to do some real hard thinking if the NFL, if the NBA pulls out. I don't think the NBA will. I think they're in a much more manageable situation. Uh, I think the NBA will go forward. 
But um, that's what Don Garber is going to be watching, I'm sure. Where, where is Adam Silver leaning? What is he thinking of doing? Uh, LA Galaxy have three games in the group stage. All three of those games count for the regular season. Just a reminder. Who do uh, they play? Monday, July 13th, 7.30 p.m. against the Portland Timbers. Saturday, July 18th, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN uh, against LAFC. And then the final game of their group stage on my birthday. So it'll be a big celebration regardless of what happens. Uh, Thursday, July 23rd, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, and I believe that game is on FS1. The first game is on FS1 and the third game is on FS1 what, with ESPN. What are we going to call the the game it's a it's the covid cup matchup between lafc and the galaxy it's, it's not a, it can't be el Tráfico. of course it? can it can be el Tráfico. the gator yeah. the gator bowl or? the gator bowl no i i don't think that happened. do you, you want to hear my prediction of my my prediction guaranteed to be wrong um here's here's what i think i think that in the next you know four weeks we're going to see that florida sort of levels off in cases and possibly could even start coming back down um i think that it's scaring them enough that that could possibly be the case hey maybe i'm wrong like i said guaranteed to be wrong it's uh, florida it's florida <laughs> i understand i understand my florida and texas friends i still love you um so uh that's 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 my first prediction my second prediction is that the mls tournament will go uh, off without an absolute hitch except that on July 18th, a hurricane will hit Florida and it will cancel out uh, the LA Galaxy's match against LAFC and the El Trafico will be uh, be covered by a hurricane. Um, so those are those are my two predictions that are guaranteed to be wrong. Wow, I don't think... I don't That's think pretty bold. I, I don't think I'm that far off on either of those, by the way. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it is hurricane season, Kevin. So you know, I don't know, pack a poncho. I don't. I don't really know what to tell you. You you lived in you know, Florida I, for a while, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I completely forgot. I'm going to have to bring some sort of a raincoat. They're actually predicting a very very active hurricane season. Here's another question for you. Yes, they're coming from when the teams come back. They'll come coming from Florida, which, as you mentioned, could uh, be in a totally different space by then. When the Galaxy and LAFC come back, do they have to quarantine for 14 days? I'm told by my my by my office, and this is probably a, an LA Times rule, that I need to quarantine for 14 days when I come back. I wonder if the players have to do that. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, that if it, you know if I was choosing, you would be quarantined for 14 months. So I think the 14 days yeah. is, is probably just right, yeah. Fine. They, they just made that up. You know? Yeah, the they're, guy they're, in the plane next to me is going right back to work. Yeah, they they're, they're they're like just tell Kevin it's it's two weeks because then you know just we'll tell get, him yeah, yeah just tell him it's 14 months we made a mistake yeah we made a mistake not a problem we'll we'll make it happen so all right uh, are we good. Uh, we were good before we started. I didn't have anything to say, and oh, I proved it. Yes, you did. Absolutely. I did as well. All right. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to the LATimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful articles, soccer and non-soccer. Uh, go out there. And again, Kevin on his way to the Mesh Hat in Orlando. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll try to, and we're planning on having podcasts from him as he's in Orlando. So we'll keep our fingers crossed we can make that happen. And TSA doesn't steal his microphone. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, of course, at Galaxy Podcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com for all of your wonderful Corner of the Galaxy news there. Uh, and we'll try to have as much coverage of all of the games uh, and coverage of the scrimmage and coverage of all the events uh, that we can possibly put up there. So You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy right, podcast. Kevin, the Corner of the Galaxy. I'm Josh Patrick. You can follow the, the show on the Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes. Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.